This season, we're talking with people who express and experience freedom and passion through military, government, NGO, or missions-type work travel. We're continuing with the Dunlaps for this part two of episode 37. Jeffrey and April Dunlap have more to share about how they express and experience freedom through their job traveling the world as American Sign Language interpreters. They have had the opportunity to work with amazing people and have some really fun and funny times. You'll hear them talk about their first time in South Africa and how spending hours of drilling Afrikaans signs in their brains ends up having them sign, blessed be your toilet. Jeffrey details why he loves airports and why there's something nostalgic about traveling through airports. The Dunlaps are the quintessential global citizens. This is your host, Antonio Goodwin, and you're listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. Get ready for takeoff, buckle up, here we go. And I ask questions all the time. It draws people to you, it really does. And this is the man he gets his haircut in every country we stop in. Because at home, he gets his haircut every week. <laughs> so this man has got his haircut in so many places in the world. I can't even keep track of how many places you've got your haircut. Yeah, and I can't speak the same language as these people, but I can show you a picture and I can show you, I can point here on the <laughs> side of my head and show you a zero, means I want a zero here. And then I show you uh, number one, like here, and number two here, and then show you a cup, cup, cup a little bit. And on my beard, just cut, cut, cut a little bit. We're good. We're good. All right, let's go. <laughs> so Jeffrey's like showing zero where he's got a fade, like very little on the side. And then as the, I guess, hair is tapered up, there's yeah. the one and the two, and there's more on top right. than there is on the side. It's well done. I don't even know if I would even think to gesture or to make that happen. How has your experience been in going to these different places to find someone to cut your hair? <laughs> There's some places that don't know how to cut white people's hair. Oh yeah, we've gone to some places, they're like, hold on, <laughs> and they have to make a call, and some other random dude comes in, and they're like, we don't ever get any white people here, so we don't know how to cut your hair, so we'll have to get somebody else to come. And they that's worked good. They make it happen. They yeah. make it happen. Yeah, I was. We went to some old, old, old school shop in Italy. It was my favorite one. It looked like it was still in the 1950s. Like the, the inside of it had never changed. It was cash only. The guy spoke zero English. He was like 80, and it was it was legit. It was pretty good. And every one of them is so willing to take a picture with him afterwards. Jeffrey loves to take pictures of our food and the guys that cut his hair. And every we went back and visited the same place again. And oh yeah, yeah. So we had we are repeat customers when we travel around the world and show them, hey, we were here two years ago, and they're like, what? No way. <laughs> I think you said you went back to a place and and went Auckland. Auckland. And he got his haircut at the same place again. He made an appointment and he got his haircut again. And we showed them pictures that we were there a few years ago. Wow. And people love it. But we were in Costa Rica. I wanted to get a haircut. And I asked them, like, where do I go to get a haircut? And they said, oh, the Costa Ricans don't know how to cut hair. You got to go to the Dominican section of town because the Dominicans are the ones who know how to cut hair. So I went to the Dominican section and it was all real loud Dominican music. 
and that everybody was Dominican but me and the guy knew exactly what to do like the clippers were old and like I'm rusty and like the teeth were broken off of something other but like he made it work he did a really really good job it was great I've had a great experience like every it, time you've it, never had a no, bad haircut no it's been good wow this is like a test run for you and you're using your your hair and your style that's such a personal thing it's so Wait. personal haircut so for me I less so you know i'm i, I'm, I shave myself but <laughs> so getting haircuts and sharing meals with people are the two probably the most intimate things that we do with complete strangers when we went to Thailand for the first time for family vacation, well, on our honeymoon, we were in this huge market, JJ Market in Bangkok, and we sat down on these plastic chairs. There must have been 700 people at this market. We're in this one little corner where they're cooking food for us, and everybody is going to this crock pot with boiling water, and that's where they're taking their silverware out, and they're eating with it. So we sat there, and we were like, okay. So we look around and we're like, this many people can't be wrong. This many people doing this, things working. It's boiling water. So we had to talk ourselves through it that way early on. That was in 2004. But you just look around and think, okay, so many people are doing this. Something's working right. So I'm going to go get my fork out of the crock pot because I want to eat. <laughs> so this is, you said, your honeymoon, your first trip together, and you're out of the country in Thailand. And if I remember correctly, I've had several conversations with people over the years and every one of them, every person who's gone to, to Thailand sings its praises. I remember we had a conversation about that. Jeffrey, at this time, you told me y'all had been there four times and you had gone back solo one of those times, I think, and you had traveled the north. Was it you, April? You went solo yeah, and you went, went to the back. north and the south traveling. I think you all were the ones who awakened that I should go because you told me you should go. It's phenomenal. And it's different from the north to the south and that I should experience all of it. And I still haven't gone. But every other conversation after that, people have shared the same. You have a great memory, by the way. That's yes, very, 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 very good. good memory. Very, very good. Very good. I'll take that. I'll say yes. And maybe it's because you all are memorable. <laughs> yeah that is yeah. fantastic so your honeymoon yeah. is in thailand thailand was one of your favorite places now that you've done this world trip does that still stand to be the case <laughs> we just talked about that the other day <laughs> what would you say thailand is first australia and new zealand are second and third i was really surprised by places in the middle east i was pleasantly surprised because i was a little nervous the fear of the unknown kind of kind of takes over, but Thailand is still number one for me. Yeah, I, I'm really into nostalgia. Nostalgia is a big mm -hmm. thing for me. So Thailand is, has a special place in my heart. I really liked Jordan. I didn't know much about Jordan, but I really liked it. The people were really nice. We went to Petra, and Petra was amazing to see the treasury in Petra. <laughs> a funny story. So we were there during Ramadan. During the day, nobody eats anything until the sun goes down. So we had to wait until the sun went down for the restaurants to open up. The good restaurants. The good restaurants. There were some like touristy things that would feed the tourists. But... You can get McDonald's anywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want McDonald's in Jordan. No. <laughs> so we waited until someone went down. We went to this restaurant and it was so good. 
and April ordered lamb and the guy, the waiter is like, oh, you need yogurt because <laughs> the yogurt goes with the lamb. And she's like, all right, sure. And so he brings the yogurt. He brings a little yogurt container, puts it down and he brings a spoon and he dips the, the yogurt in the spoon and then he gets the pizza piece of lamb and the yogurt together and then he feeds her like a little baby like he's hand feeding her with the spoon and he's like it's good it's good <laughs> i didn't know what to do i said i was like okay i'm this man is feeding me okay but it was so good so april you just relented you sat there you opened your mouth and you allowed him to feed you how many, how many bites, how many spoonfuls did he feed you? Well, just one. <laughs> it was just one. It was just one. So in his mind. Before he left the rest of the yogurt with me, I think. Wait, say it one more time. We, I lost I was a fan ah. before he decided to commit to leaving the yogurt with me to finish <laughs> my meal. <laughs> you were going to taste this lamb and yogurt one way or the other. He was not going to let you not taste this. He walked away and Jeffrey and I looked at each other and I said, did he just feed me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, it was nuts. But there's other places that, you know, we really like. Italy is really good. We really like the food and the people. Italy's in, in, amazing. In Italy. Any place in particular? Because I think you were in Sicily, right? Where you interviewed, I saw your video post. It was a deaf run restaurant, I believe. <laughs> Bologna. That was in Bologna. In Bologna. Yeah. Ah. We were in Ravenna and we had the day off. So we took the train to Bologna. And it was funny because after 80 days, we had not had a day off. And we said, we don't want to use sign language at all today. What do we do? We end up at a deaf owned bar with 30 deaf people in it. And then we wander around the town and we come across a hundred deaf people because it was National Autism Awareness Day. And of course, we stumble onto the open square where there's an interpreter and the deaf people are talking to the mayor. And next thing you know, we have an hour long walking tour with deaf guides and we signed all day. <laughs> <laughs> On your day off. We'll pause for a brief message brought to you by AntonioGoodwin.org. Committed to creating a world where everyone thrives moment by moment and experiences unrelenting freedom in the life that they design. Maybe you or someone you know has experienced a certain level of success in their personal lives, their career or finances, but their life is not thriving and there's no experience of freedom. We coach people through a process of uncovering and replacing limiting beliefs and creating abundance mindsets so they can thrive, enjoy freedom, and live life by design. AntonioGoodwin.org, designed to thrive and experience freedom. To join the community and to find out more information, go to AntonioGoodwin.org. It was incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I'm amazed because how did you even manage? He wasn't signing American Sign Language. And, you know, I was watching the video and I had to watch it several times to, to catch the, the spelling and the, the sign names of the people who were sitting there in the bar or the restaurant. So how was, did you do that? It was tough. If you watch the video, you can tell that I even missed something in my interview with him. He signed something and I missed it the first time and he had to do it again. But there's 
there's some things that are not quite like international signs, but once I understand the topic of what we're talking about, the context of what we're talking about, then I can pretty much put together what sometimes the specifics I would miss, but overall I'm good. But then we left and we saw all these deaf people on the street. They were all wearing the same shirt. Right. And I so I can just walk up to them and I'm like, I can point at their shirt and then I pull on, I tug on my shirt and I can run my fingers across my shirt, like where their words are. And I have this quizzical look on my face and I have my hands out. And that's like the universal science for what is this? What is this? Tell me. And then they'll usually they would look at you and they would ask you, are you deaf? And then the, and I could say, and you, there's international ways of saying, no, no, I'm hearing, but you can sign to me. I can, I can get it. So that's what we did. The entire day in Bologna. <laughs> All day. All day. All day. My brain, day my brain hurts so bad. Seven but, hours. <laughs> but that's where they invented bolognese sauce. So mm -hmm. as we had some bolognese there. So I loved that. That was really good food. And I learned that the American Sign Language sign for interpreter is actually tortellini in Italy in Italian sign language. So I kept saying, I'm an interpreter, I'm tortellini. <laughs> like the first time we went to South Africa, we went to interpret for a deaf missionary. And she, for two hours on the drive from the airport, she taught me all of these Afrikaans signs. So she's filling my brain with all these signs. Well, the whole reason she wanted us was because she interviewed him for like years past. They sent her interpreters that only sign straight English. She was from Tennessee. She was an ASL teacher. She said she's deaf, her husband's hearing. I want ASL. So we interviewed before we went. She accepted us. We went to South Africa. Two hours of filling my brain with all of these Afrikaans signs. And then we go into this Southern Baptist conference and immediately start interpreting. So I'm incorporating all of these signs that she just spent two hours filling my head with. And she stops me and says, no, no, I want to see American Sign Language. So to this day, to this day, Antonio, I in my head sign, blessed be your toilet, because toilet in Afrikaans is the same as name in American Sign Language. And to this day, I hear blessed be your toilet in my head, and I sign that. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Is that when she stopped you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute. No, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> well, why was she giving you all of the Afrikaans sign language I don't words know. or vocabulary? When, when we got to the house, they had a big party for us, a big welcome party. And so there's deaf people from all over. All the different tribes. All the different tribes had come to see us. So they wanted to welcome us. So they wanted us to know what some of the signs that they would probably be using with us. They oh. had a big barbecue. They called it a braai, a big barbecue for us. and They had a floor-sized map, and we spent an hour clarifying that New York is cold and California is warm because they had them backwards, <laughs> that Florida is, has Disney and it's warm and sunny, and it rains in Oregon because they had it all mixed up. So we spent an hour, about eight or nine different tribes. They all use a different language, and there was one guy there who was deaf from he was British. He was our translator and he communicated with us through them. It was in, it was amazing. It was amazing. Definitely global citizen has to be added to your list of Ooh, who I you like are that. in the world. Yeah. 
that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, okay, I call myself that. And in this conversation, you all, <laughs> you taught me. That that's the best part. Like, that's the best part. If you tell me right now, like, hey, Jeffrey, I want to go to this place. I can give you a name of somebody probably right there that could help you. Anywhere I go, I could call up somebody and like, hey, we're here. Oh, yeah, I'll come pick you up. Because that's, they know they ever came anywhere near me that I would come and, yeah. and pick them up. That's amazing. I love it. Anything else you'd like to share? I was going to tell you why I love the airport. It's a funny story. <laughs> Please do. So when I when I was little, my parents divorced. My dad moved away. And I did go see him a lot. And it's kind of it's traumatizing when you're six and your parent puts you on a plane by yourself. And this is back in the 80s. So there wasn't any kind of trusted traveler program for a minor child or whatever, right? Your parent, one parent dropped you off and you're like, just I hope the other parent picks you up. There's no cell phone or anything. <laughs> So when I was little, the airport was a big deal to me because it it was really scary. I'm getting ready to do something that's really, really scary, but it's also really exciting because it's different. And then it's also really exciting because I get to see my dad. And I hadn't seen, you know, I usually it's months since I've seen my dad. So it was always, I'm really sad to leave my mom. I'm scared to get on the plane and I'm super excited to see my dad. So these all these emotions are crammed into a little kid. Right. And then the opposite would happen in LAX when I would get on the plane to come back. Being in an airplane, being in an airport, it has something like deeply ingrained into me. Something exciting is happening. It could be scary. It could be sad. If you go to the airport at any given day, Antonio, you'll see just the highs and lows. You'll see people so excited to see a loved one that they hadn't seen forever. And then so sad that they're saying goodbye to somebody that they don't know when they're going to see him again. So the airport's got that. All encompassing emotions. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there a bit of nostalgia related to that? I mean, yes. So they tore down while we were on this trip, they tore down our old airport. I'm going to cry talking about it. It's the same airport I flew out of when I was for my whole entire life. We flew out at the very last time to come on this trip. I'm still getting choked up. And this time we've been gone 120 days or so, almost four months. In that time, they have finished the new airport and they've taken down the old one. So when we fly back home, we're going to fly brand new airport that I've never been into in our home before. But I have a lot of people that I know. And one of our one of our good friends is in the aviation industry. And he got us a piece of the flooring wow. of the old airport. So I have a piece of that that we're going to keep in, a, in our home. <laughs> Are you going to frame it or do something with it? Yeah, yeah, and the or the little memory box things. On yeah. The now you're gonna see that you fly all the time too. So when next time you're in the airport, you're gonna start seeing that too. You'll see those different emotions of all those people all around you. Who's flying because they have to? Who's flying because they want to? Yeah, what are the stories behind the reasons people are at the airport? And I've not had the appreciation actually of the highs and the lows and the joys and the the sorrows that that happen all there and meeting or, you know, coming and going. So I'm sure I will, on my next trip, which will be next week, uh, I will probably become more aware. Like it's going to be, it's going to stand out to me. I'll end with this. I'll tell you a, a funny story about the airport and our son. He was a foreign exchange student in Chile and uh, he went with the group and uh, he showed up at the airport to the flight to Santiago, which is deep, deep South America, which is really, really far. 
in a suit to get on the plane. And he was he was the only one. So he wanted to look dapper like that. And he knows you dress up when you get on the plane. And he had made little thank you notes and thank you cards for each of the flight attendants. And because that's what we do. That's what we do for each of the flight attendants. We have a little special personalized gift bag for each of them. And he did it for each one. And all the, when you're in high school, kids make fun of you, right? He was a junior. And they're all like, oh, Parker, you're stupid. Why are you doing this? He's like, just wait, just wait. And all the flight attendants came up to him. They took care of him the whole time. They gave him the first class meals, the first class amenity kit. They took care of him the whole entire trip. They're like, you're not old enough to drink yet, are you? And he's like, nah, I can't drink. But they uh, they they took really good care of him. So he's like, uh, he's really nice. He goes out of his way to be kind to other people. And people are kind back to you. People want to be kind back to you. They do. And to this day, he makes his own gift bags and writes his notes and put candy in them. Even when he's flying by himself, to this day, he does it. It's such a contribution, really, contributing to people as you go about your travels, not just in the destination, but while traveling. Such a contribution. We've had people, we've had flight attendants come to us crying and saying, you planned an international trip and you took the time to think about us on your trip. I mean, it's so moving. We had a flight attendant in Australia. She said, I don't care where you are in the country. If you need something, you call me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, okay. People really appreciate when you reach out to them and let them know that what they're doing is valued. Just being such a contribution in a way that people get seen. I love the idea because it is such being such a contribution to people's lives in a way that makes their day is powerful. That's a tip worth leaving for sure. Yeah. Thank y'all. Can you say where you are, how we are having this conversation? You currently are. Yeah, we are really close to the Azores. So we're making a transatlantic journey right now. We left Morocco. Then we went to the Canary Islands. From the Canary Islands, we're making a seven-day Atlantic crossing. So right now, we're pretty much straight south of the Azore Islands. And we're on a middle of the ship in our little bitty cabin on a Zoom call. (laughs) It works. (laughs) And it works phenomenally. I'm quite surprised. Yeah. Yeah, This is a great connection and the sound is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know how it was going to work. The the first day we got on here, we're like, oh, we have to do some stuff through Zoom. I hope this works. And it's worked great all hundred and some odd days. It's really good to know. Maybe I need to do more cruising myself. Come on. (laughs) Anytime. <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you for making time and, yeah, and thank sharing you. your lives. Thank really you. Good stuff. It's been great to see you. Yes, the same, the same. It's fantastic. I'm going to keep following you guys okay. on your yes. trip. For yes. sure. And you have one coming up soon too, don't you? A big one. Oh, yeah. El Camino de Santiago in July. Yeah. yeah. That's a long one. It's a long walk and... It's going to be transformative, life-changing, and you all know all about that because that's what you do. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Looking forward to meeting people on the way. Enjoy every step of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Unintended. (laughs) (laughs) And if it was, it's a perfect pun. (laughs) Say yes to everybody along the way. That's the ticket right there. Be a yes person. I'm going to take it on. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your travels. Thank you. You've been listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. Thank you to our amazing guests, Jeffrey and April Dunlap, for giving us an episode worth two parts filled with travel stories and wisdom. 
they've shown that language does not have to be a barrier. That their say yes mentality, mentioned in part one, explains their incredible stories told here in part two. Now, how else would April get to be hand fed in Jordan? They share their secret to understanding people, being open to cultures, even so much as to be open to understanding another signed language and figuring out and being present for whatever is necessary to make communication happen. That was a big part of their travel process, just by having a say yes mentality when meeting new people. That open approach to travel, being present to people around you, so much so that it makes an impact when sitting at the airport, when traveling through the airport, and even, as Jeffrey said, the airport having such a memorable space in his heart from growing up and traveling to see his father. Through their experience with people in every instance of their travels, the Dunlaps can absolutely be called global citizens. This episode was produced by Antonio Goodwin, your host, and Jonathan Murphy. Research and project support provided by Research Dynamo, Dr. Katrina Murphy. Thanks to our writer-in-residence, Nyla Guilford. Be sure to subscribe, find us on any platform where you play your podcasts, or just Google Freedom Now Travel Podcast. And definitely leave us a review if you like what you hear, and I hope you do. And by all means, share all of this freedom and passion you experience in this podcast with other people you know. They, like you, want to be inspired too. I look forward to being with you the next time. Ciao for now.